welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I am your host, Tisha Richmond. On this show, I chat with educators and thought leaders from around the world to hear stories of how they are transforming teaching and creating unforgettable learning experiences because we all have our own special magic. Welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. Today, I am so excited to talk to an educator that I have admired for a long time. In fact, one of the very first people that I followed and learned from as a connected educator. Todd Nesloni is the Director of Culture and Strategic Leadership for the Texas Elementary Principals and Supervisors Association. He has also served as an award-winning principal of a pre-K through fifth grade campus of over 775 students in a rural town in Texas. He has been recognized by the White House, John C. Maxwell, the Center for Digital Education, the National School Board Association, the BAMIs, and more for his work in education and with children. Todd's first book he co-authored, Kids Deserve It, was a runaway smash. Since then, he has authored Stories from Web, Sparks in the Dark with Travis Crowder, and When Kids Lead with Adam DeVico. His children's book, Spruce and Lucy, was also released in March 2020. He hosts the podcast, Tell Your Story, and is very active on social media under the moniker Tech Ninja Todd. He is passionate about doing whatever it takes for our students and helping others tell their story. Welcome, Todd. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here to chat with you today. I'm so excited because I was telling you a couple weeks ago that you were really one of the very, very first people that I connected with and followed as an educator. When I when I started my, not I really wasn't connected until about 2014. And so in that year, that's when I was like, oh, Twitter is a thing. And I can actually like talk to people from around the world and connect with them in this amazing way. And so I I don't know how I started following you to begin with. I know that that <laughs> summer I'd gone to iPad Palooza mm-hmm. and I started just following people that were at that conference and just started to figure out this thing with Twitter and what it was like to be a connected educator and what a PLN was. Like I had no idea what any of that meant prior to then. And somewhere in that mix, I started discovering educational podcasts and podcasts were not something that I really had listened to before. And somehow I stumbled across Edu All Stars and you hosted that show with uh, Chris Kessler and is it Stacy Huffine? Huffine. She's now Stacy Martinez, but yeah, Stacy Huffine at the time. Got it. Okay, so I uh, I remember I, I I've always been a runner and I was not a fast runner, <laughs> just a very like you know, a few mile run runner. And I would listen to your podcast episodes. And I remembered at that time, I would, I was running around my high school because we live very close to it. And it's so funny because I have so many memories of listening to that podcast because it was at this point where I was just really kind of trying to, to figure out this whole connected educator thing. And I was so inspired by so many of the guests that you had on the show and by you. I discovered Dave Burgess Consulting Incorporated from your show, like all of these things. And so it really is a full circle uh, moment for me to have you on my podcast when I discovered educational podcasts 
you know, way back in uh, 2014 because of you. So super cool. You know, it, it is such a cool full circle moment too for me too, because that's so exciting to hear because, you know, you put these things out and you wonder, does anybody even listen? So it's always nice to know that somebody was. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember just little like things that you would talk about. I think it was during the time I was listening that you you did the transition from fifth grade to principal and like you were so uh, just transparent and real. And I loved that because it just made me feel as an educator like, oh, like I he's doing these amazing things, but he doesn't like he he has days where he's, you know, struggles and he has frustrations and fails too. And that was really, you know, um, I guess comforting to me as an educator to go, okay, like this, this guy is, you know, doing these amazing things, but he's real. And I think that that was a, was something that really drew me to your, to your podcast too. Thank you. That really means a lot. That's what I try to try to be constantly. So it's nice that it comes across that way too. Yes, it absolutely does. So Todd, I would love to hear a little bit about your story and your journey to becoming a connected educator. You know, 2014 was kind of the pivotal year for me when I got connected. When did you start getting connected? You know, I, I was never a big social media fan. I had Facebook back when only college students could have Facebook, and <laughs> I was very happy with that. So when Twitter came around, I was like, mm, this is not really interesting to me. Like, I had a Twitter account, so I could follow some celebrities that I was interested in, but, but that was to the extent, until my assistant superintendent at the time was like, hey, I love the work you're doing. You need to be active on Twitter. And I was like, mm, no, thank you. I was like, I've got my people here on campus. I don't need to be anywhere else. And he was like, no, you need to be out there sharing your ideas with others outside the campus. And plus, it'll bring a great spotlight to what's happening here in our district. And so I started dabbling a little bit in social media and was just overwhelmed with the wealth of knowledge and people and things that were on there. And I just sat back and consumed a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, it started to feel like, okay, I'm kind of over this. Like there's not much here until I realized that I had to be involved in the conversation for the conversation to mean anything to me long-term. And so when I finally got over myself and over my fear of, I don't have anything to say, nobody's going to care. What if I look stupid? Like when I finally let that go and just owned my own brilliance and owned my own special things that I bring to the field, I saw tons of doors open. I saw people welcome with open arms. I saw new relationships formed and my thinking got challenged much more. My relationships got deepened and I realized this is what social media was supposed to be. It's about connecting with others, not just consuming things that they share. And so that's where the pivotal point of, oh, I get it now. Like, it's not just for me to amplify my stuff and it's not just for me to consume. I need to get involved in conversations and connect with people through DMs and, and make relationships. So when I go to conferences, I have friends at conferences now. It doesn't matter where I'm going in the country. I know somebody. So it was kind of like that for me. That's awesome. And I can so relate to that because I'm from you know a fairly small town in Southern Oregon and I'm I was a culinary teacher when I started getting connected. And so, you know, in an elective area like that, there's a not there's not a lot of people to collaborate with. You know, right, you might have right. some people in your region 
or you know maybe one or two other people in your entire district. Often you don't have somebody within your school. And so oftentimes you're very siloed. And yeah. when I started to get connected on social media, I was I, it was like this light bulb aha moment that, oh my goodness, like I can actually take ideas that people are doing in other subject areas and bring them into culinary arts and make them my own. Like, yeah. whoa, like this is a thing. And, and I, you know, because before I'm like, how can somebody that doesn't, you know, have chef's knives in their classroom relate to me or vice versa? Right, I right. mean, really? And I realized, you know what, we can, like, I can, I've learned so much from teachers from all different subject areas, all different grade levels and from administrators and from coaches, you know, the, the whole gamut. And so, um, and I also had that moment where I was consuming and like, oh my gosh, all these people are doing all these amazing things. And then I came to that, that point where I'm like, oh, like I actually, I actually need to start sharing too. And having those conversations, just like you were saying, and it was really, um, it's hard to even articulate what that meant for me um, also in my journey, because it was validating, first of all, to know that actually something that I share could be helpful Mm -hmm. for someone else. And that actually the things that I'm doing, um, you know, are, I'm on the right track, right? Like, cause we all matter. Yeah. They matter. And, and um, I also just realized, you know, again, that, we can actually have real conversations and relationships with people that aren't right there in our district, in our towns. And um, so many friends, I have so many friends, real friends that I've connected with on, on Twitter. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. Really amazing. And I was, I think it was in, um, I think it was in Kids Deserve It, you talk about the alien look, right? Mm-hmm. Was it Was it in that book yep. that you said yep. that? Because I've used that reference a lot because it's true. Like sometimes you are um, talking because you get excited. Like you have these amazing conversations with people in a Twitter chat or, you know, wherever in social media and I, I talk about it in my schools and then I, I get this look like, huh? Yep. like, huh, <laughs> like kind of that adult, you know? Well, and that's one of the benefits of social media too, is it connects you with others who are used to that and who can still run alongside you and keep encouraging you to keep going on instead of you feeling like you have to close yourself off. Exactly. Yeah. So true. That's fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about your journey. So I know that you have had experience as a fifth grade teacher and as a principal. Was fifth grade where it started for you? Yeah, no, I taught in fourth grade for two years okay. and then they brought fifth grade down to the elementary and the middle school had been begging me to come teach over there and I wasn't interested. But when they brought fifth grade down, I was like, oh, well, I can try fifth grade and loved fifth grade, did that for five more years um, until I got a Twitter direct message telling me, hey, we know you are doing great things. We'd love for you to come work in our district. And I was like, "Mm, no, I'm happy where I'm at. I don't want to go anywhere else. Then they reached out again about a week later and said, well, we know you have your administrator certificate. Would you be interested in being a principal in our district? 
And I said, no, like I'm happy where I'm at. I don't want to go anywhere. And they said, well, what about if you got to hire your entire staff? And I was like, okay, you know, we can chat because it's like a dream job to kind of build your own school from scratch. And so I was like, so I went and met with them and fell in love with their ideas, what they believed about kids and thought, you know what, this door opened up for me. I'm going to take a step in through it and, and try it out. And I spent the next um, five years there and loved it and did a lot of great work and, and got to really take and grow that school and focus on a lot of innovative things in a little bitty old town. And so it was, it was a great experience. And now uh, another door opened up that I couldn't not walk through. And that was now with my new job as the director at uh, Texas Elementary Principals Association. So so exciting. Oh my goodness. I would love to chat a little bit about your experience as a principal because I know you did such amazing things there. And I have your book, Stories from Web, which is amazing. I just absolutely love the collection of stories from your staff. This the staff that you handpicked, you were able to to have them share their their real stories and it's really, it's really sweet the way that you put it together because you, you put the chapters together kind of according to like different types of topics. And then you have their picture at the beginning of each of the little, um, do you call it vignettes? I don't even know. What are they yeah. called vignettes? Yeah. <laughs> and then you really are able to draw from those stories and add your own pieces at the end. And and it's just a beautiful, just really um, beautiful to hear their voices. And what a special, what a special thing for you and for them. To put that well, you together. know, out of everything I've ever put out into the world, I, I still feel like out of all my books and, and trainings and things, that is still probably the thing I am most proud about. And that's solely for the simple fact of, you know, after kids deserve, it was so unexpectedly successful. And, you know, anytime you do anything and it's successful, people are always asking you about a follow-up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know what else I want to do. Like there's, there's, I felt like I accomplished my dreams with getting a book out there. And so I was sitting in a conversation with some of my teachers one day and I was just blown away by the things they were coming up with. And I thought, you know what? I've always remembered, I think it was Jimmy Casas that told me that if you're ever given a platform, you better amplify the voices of others louder than you amplify your own. And so I thought, well, here's the perfect opportunity. I could write a book that features all these stories from these people in education at one school who don't have a social media following, don't have any awards or any fantastic things, but they're killing it just like teachers all across the world. And I thought this could be a bridge that really helps educators see that my story matters. And as when I took it to my team, they were all like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. Like we get to be in a book. Sure. And I was like, oh, great. And then Dave Burgess loved the idea. So we took and ran with it. And what I didn't realize when putting the book together was that it would end up a book that's like 50% education and 50% just life and life experiences. And I think that's the beautiful component of the book because it shows the people behind the career. Because like one of my favorite chapters in the book is It's Okay to Grieve. Mm -hmm. And just the vulnerability that several staff members shared about loss, loss of a loved one, suffering a miscarriage, different things like that, and how they weave it into their career. Mm -hmm. It's just, I'm so thankful to be given the opportunity that I could take 
all these people who don't get the credit they deserve Mm -hmm. and give them an opportunity to shine and let them be reminded of that. And that's exactly where the the podcast was born too, Mm -hmm. because the book taught me the value that every single story has. And, you know, it's something that I think we hear more and more these days, but that putting that book together having it out there and seeing reactions from strangers who are contacting people on my team to tell them their story meant something mm-hmm. and to see the joy on their faces that, Oh my gosh, like one of my teachers said this, this teacher from South Africa emailed me and said that my story helped her. And I was like, see, that's why we all need to be out there telling our stories because our stories hold value and they're unique to us. Nobody has the story we have, but everybody has different connections and there's nothing cooler than you sharing a piece of your heart and having somebody come alongside and say, me too. Thank you for sharing that. I feel so less alone now. I love that. You know, in, in your book, I think it's towards the end, you're talking about, kind of an encouraging word that you wanted to leave the readers with. And you said, share your magic. And of course that totally resonated with me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I say something similar, (laughs) you know, because it's so true. Like we all have a magic that's all our own and Mm -hmm. we do need to share it. And I am so glad that I discovered way back when that I actually, um, had something that was worth sharing with others too. And you're so right. I, in my new role, um, I've been in this, this is my third year now as a tech integration specialist. I get to support teachers all throughout the district. We have 20 schools and it's from K all the way through 12th grade. And the teachers, the things that they're doing, the the difference that they're making in their schools and their classrooms is phenomenal. And I've thought often, like, no one knows, you know, like you're doing all their kids know, you know, and the people that they're around um, in their schools know, but wow, like their stories are so, so powerful. And so I love, love, love that you decided I, like I can do something about this and I can make well, those you, stories known beyond. So and, cool. you know, and, and the, the other goal behind that was as I, at that time on social media and things, I often felt like it was the same voices mm-hmm. that were part of every conversation that were viewed as the big dogs in the field. And the reality is, is like, I even look at my own journey and the things I've got to experience. And I tell educators this all the time is that I'm no better than any of you in the field. I just happened to be active in a very public way that got the attention of some people. It wasn't that my stuff was better. It's that I was putting it out there. And so it was seen. And so when I think of people are always like, oh my gosh, but you've got such a big following. Oh my gosh. I I was so nervous to talk to you. And I'm like, trust me, my wife and all my team members will tell you, I am not that more special than anybody else (laughs) anywhere, anywhere else. And so I, I really think that, that's where it comes into play with, with books like stories from web and with podcasts like this and things. It's like, that's where I hope people continue to see that your social media account, that doesn't matter. Your, your awards, that doesn't matter. What matters is you showing up every day and giving your all. That's all that matters when it comes to what we do as educators. Yeah. It's so, so true. Wow. So, you know, I think about 
when you decided to write, you know, kids deserve it. And then you've, you've had all of these, these other books that's followed and, and the podcast and like, what, what drives you to continue to do that? Right. Like to keep taking that new risk, that new step forward, um, to, to do that new thing, to do that next thing. Like what, what is it? You know, for me, it's, when I get really comfortable, I know it's time to do something new because I thrive on challenges. I thrive on, on, on pushing myself. And so I think for me, it's, you know, every time I finish a book, I say, I'm never going to write a book again. (laughs) When I do something big that takes a lot of work, I'm like, that was a lot of work. I'm not doing it again. Like everything is there. And then that itch starts to come back for something else or something new or or next step. And I'm like, Ooh, I've got the passion building because that's how I work is completely off of what I'm passionate about. And so for me, I always tell people to, you know, people like to ask me, do you miss the classroom? And I tell them, well, of course, my classroom has changed though from the years. It's just because I was a principal doesn't mean I'm not my that I don't have a classroom. It just looks different. Just because I'm a director of culture now doesn't mean I don't have a classroom. It looks different. And I'm a firm believer that your passions can change as you grow, and that's okay. When I was in the classroom totally passionate about. I love that. And when I got the itch and jumped into leadership, I became passionate about that. It didn't make me love the classroom any less, but this was my new passion and what I was pursuing. And I could still go back into the classroom today and be totally happy. Um, But for me, it's always, you know, I want to do something that's different. That was, uh, was stories from web. There's no other book out there that features an entire cast of characters from one school. I wanted to do that. When I did um, Sparks in the Dark, I really wanted to have a book that was elementary, secondary, administrator view, and teacher view, which is why I wrote with Travis. When I did um, When Kids Lead with Adam, we couldn't find any leadership books that were for kids. And so for us, it was like, you know, there's all these great leadership books for adults, but where are the books telling adults how to help kids lead? And so that's where that was born. And even like right now, my my new culture courses that I did, that's what I've been doing the last couple of months is, is designing two online courses, one for building classroom culture and one for building campus culture. And I've got like 10 hours of content and, and 30 or 40 videos and all these things that I've created because I wanted people to have – you know, I get questions all the time about stuff and I feel like I'm doing a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. And and I wanted to have a one concise place that I was really proud of that I could send people to that's be like, oh, you have a question about building up campus culture? I got a whole course for you. It's got tons of hours, all these ideas. I think we, we ended up counting like over a hundred. So even like the subtitles, like a hundred ideas to build culture because I'm like, I can't design things that I'm not proud of that I know won't stand the test of time. Um, I don't like to, to dabble in fads. I, I, I like to just be active, share my story, push myself and go, Ooh, that sounds cool. Let me jump in and see if I love doing that and then try that and go, okay, I did that. Now what can I do next? I think that's where my ADHD comes into play too. So 
I love it. I can relate to that a little bit too. I, I definitely am the same way. And, and I, I definitely, um, I like change and I like to keep challenging myself and, and do scary things. Uh, and-, now, and that doesn't mean that I take the challenge. Well, <laughs> I freak out every time and have like a full on anxiety panic attack. Like, what am I doing? Why did I, but it's like, in the end, I'm like, I keep telling myself, you, you know that challenges always make you better. Yeah. So stick with it, Todd. I have to do all that self-talk. Totally. And it's kind of fun to go back. Like when I, this is, I'm going on uh, two years with the, I can't even believe that. I think I've been doing this podcast two years now. And um, the first time that I did a podcast episode, I was just with my husband driving up to Portland. And I'm like, I kind of want to try out this Anchor app. Like, do you want to just try it? And we literally did a podcast episode on the way to Portland to see our daughter. I think we actually recorded three or four. And I, I love that now. I love that we started with semis yeah. going by and the audio was terrible because I see growth, right? And yeah. not like I've totally figured it all out as a podcaster. I, I still um, I still have a long way to go, but it's fun to to see that, to see the progress, you know, and, yeah. and starting something that you'd have no idea how to do it. And then, you know, building those skills as you go. That's so cool. Totally. So cool. So let's talk a little bit about this current role that you have. You are the director of culture and strategic leadership. That's an awesome title. So share a little bit about like, how did that come about? And what do you do in that role? You know, I have been a member of TEPSA for years as an elementary principal. Um, it was a fantastic organization, great legal coverage, but I was in it because the PD and like the summer conference is my favorite summer conference. And so I just loved being a member in the association. Um, and then when I was in my fifth year of being principal, I started to get that itch again. Of, I think I want to try something a little bit different. I want to stay with education, but I don't want to go be a principal somewhere else because I poured so much into this school. I don't want to right now leave and go do that somewhere else. Like these are like my people, my kids. And it was hard for me. And so I started thinking, you know, what, what would you do? What could you say? And I was like, well, I love my principal association. Let me just let me just reach out and see what's going on there. How can I get involved? And then come to find out through conversations and their strategic plan, they had a bunch of needs that I had specific skills for. Um, they didn't really have an active social media presence. They didn't really have some other things in place. And so it was all strengths that I brought to the table, things that I love to do, but didn't have time to deeply develop as a school principal because I was focusing on my school and some of the other stuff I was doing. And so met with them and, and we we worked it out. And my my new boss, Harley, was like, Todd, you know, we, we really want you. You can still travel and present. You can still do all that, but we really want you on the team with us. And my wife freaked out because she was like, oh my gosh, like you're leaving a school. Like that's where your whole time has been. And then she was like, and, and you're taking a pay cut to do it. And I was like, yeah, but you know this, I really feel called that this is my next step. I've been praying about it for a while. And I was like, you know, this really just opened up and, and I get to grow my understanding of social media. I get to focus a lot on graphic designs and, and I get to do speaking on the side and, and I get to, I just meet people and help leaders across the state of Texas in addition to all the things I do countrywide. And so um, I've been doing that now. I love it. I've got to really help 
um, them make a footprint in social media and, and get to see that. Um, I get to help, I get to help organize all their conferences. So this year moving to virtual, I felt like the big guy on campus. Cause I was like, I've been doing all this. I know how to help with this. And so, um, and, and it's a, you know, it's a or association that serves 6,000 members, but there's only 14 people on staff. And so it's a great little small group that I get to connect with. And we all have like 30 different jobs that we do because it's such a small staff. Um, But it's been so reinvigorating for me at this stage in my career to, to, to try this out. And how long am I going to be here? I don't know, but I'm loving it. So Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't have that itch to go anywhere else yet. Um, I'm just, I, I feel like every, new idea I bring to the table, they're like, well, yeah, let's try it. And so they're willing to take some risks and and it's been a blast. They are so, my coworkers are some of the sweetest people I've ever worked with. And, and I have such a encouraging boss who constantly acknowledges the work you do and um, reaffirms your, that you're needed there and that's something that I think I had really been missing with some of the leadership I'd worked under before. And so I really, it was just a reminder for me of how important that lesson is when I work with school leaders of letting your people know how seen and valued and appreciated they are. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Now, are you working virtually or half and half or what, like, are you all together in the same Place. So, so I have been virtual pretty much since I started there. I've got to work from home. Um, before the pandemic, you know, we've got 20 regions in Texas. And so before the pandemic, I was attending all the regional meetings, traveling all across the state. And then I would go to the TEPSA offices about once a month mm-hmm. for staff meetings and things like that. Now, of course, because I'm nobody's doing in-person meetings and, until just recently, I've been working from home completely. Um, but looking into next year, yeah, I'll be reattending uh, regional meetings and things like that. Yeah, awesome. So I always like to look for the magical moments. And, you know, I think about this past year and it's been a wild ride for everybody um, in one way or another. And I just think about, you know, what what's something maybe that that happened this past year in your life that you would consider the magical moment? You know, I think for me, th- there's two real things that I can think of in the last year. Um, the first one was me making a conscious decision that I was important enough to take care of myself. Mm. Um, and that meant to take care of my own physical health. I got a Peloton bike. I started working out. I've kept with it. The first piece of, of exercise equipment I've ever stuck with. But when you put that much money into something, <laughs> I have no choice. Because I'm like, I paid this much. I better do it every day. Um, but okay. taking care of my mental health as well. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I've dealt with anxiety and some other things for several years and never had a primary care physician. 
never tried to do medication. And over the last three months now, you know, I, I finally have a primary care doctor. I, I became a real adult and got one of those. And, and I've decided to start taking really much more care of my mental health. And whether that means seeing a therapist or I, I'm on my third round of medication now, first two have not worked with getting my anxiety in check. So I'm on my third round. Um, but for me, it's, I, I've, I've shared that journey very publicly on social media as well. Because mental health has been something that's been more in the limelight in the last year um, because of the pandemic. But I feel like those of us who are seeking medical help, whether that is a therapy, medication, whatever, I think we need to talk about it. And we need to share that the first therapist doesn't always work. The first two medications, hopefully the third one works, doesn't always work. And and that it's okay to not be embarrassed. It's not anything that we shouldn't be talking about. It has never affected my career, never affected any of that where I couldn't do my job, but it's affected me physically. Like my anxiety got to the point where it was, it was causing other issues in my life that I didn't realize was a direct result of the anxiety. And so that's why I've been very publicly sharing that journey. Um, and then as far as the other magical moment, um, my wife and I are, are, we just celebrated our ninth wedding anniversary. Um, and we decided during the pandemic that since I wasn't traveling and I was home, um, that we would go kind of talk to a doctor too about, you know, we've been trying for seven, eight years now to get pregnant and it just hasn't been the case. And so we finally decided to step outside of our comfort zones, bite the bullet and, and do that as well. I mean, I guess 2020 was the year of me getting over everything and finally <laughs> going. Um, but we went and worked with a fertility doctor and um, my wife had to do shots and medicine and all this stuff. But we are pregnant with twins coming in July. So we've got twin boys that will be here in July. Um, they are definitely miracle babies. The doctor was very hesitant that we'd be able to get pregnant with one um, because our issue was a low egg reserve. But um, he said it is a true miracle to have had two uh, eggs that fertilized. And so we were like, this is great. So yes, we're absolutely terrified. I mean, I'm, as, as any new parent, I'm sure would be, especially when you've got two coming <laughs> at the same time. And it's, it's funny how little moments will hit you where you're like, oh my gosh, it's not one, it's two. Like for me, I mean, we've been talking about it. We knew everything like that. But when I put the cribs together and there were two cribs in the room, I was like, okay, this is real now. Is real. Oh my goodness. So. Oh my goodness. You're going to be a fantastic dad. And I am well, so incredibly excited for you both. That is amazing. Amazing. Well, you have a lot of exciting things uh, coming your way and, um, and your workshop. Do you want to talk a little bit? You talked a little bit about it, but maybe more details for the listeners. Yeah. So, you know, whether you are a classroom teacher or a school leader, that's why I designed the two courses. They're very similar, um, but each one has a, has a whole module specifically designed either for the administrator or for the classroom teacher. But it's, it's over 10 hours, over 100 ideas and resources that if you're looking to grow yourself for your campus culture or classroom culture, regardless of your role, I designed this course for you and it's me sharing ideas that I've done. It's not stuff that I just hear about and hopefully it works. It's like, no, here's stuff I tried. 
one of these things will work for you. And it's very conversational. I've got a whole workbook. Every, every single video has a workbook piece to it, a reflection piece. And every video, I work the reflection with you. So it's not just me sharing an idea and leaving you to go. I share the idea and then I'm like, hey, let's reflect together. Here's what I want you to be thinking about. Here, now pause and do that, then come back and join me. And so it's very much of an interactive experience. Definitely has been a lot of work um, to put together, but I knew I had to have it done before the twins came. <laughs> totally. So that's why it's coming out in May. Because I was like, if this is going to happen, it's got to happen before I've got screaming kids in the background. You are um, so smart. So I, I, I'm just, I'm so proud of the course. I get to see the final product early this week. So I'm excited about that. Um, and I also, again, I love amplifying others. So every single video in the course also includes a quick one to three minute tip from somebody uh, across the world who's in education. So my classroom course features all these tips from teachers from all over the world, um, just sharing a one to three minute tip of what they do in their classroom. And then my uh, campus uh, one has all these administrator roles sharing theirs because I thought, hey, I love these people and the work they're doing. Let me give them one to three minutes just to share another idea because I know my ideas aren't always the best. Sometimes you may hear somebody else and think that's what I needed to hear. And that's why I knew that had to be a component of the course too. That is incredible. Oh my goodness. That sounds like an amazing course. I want to take it. So I'm definitely <laughs> going to have to be keep my eyes out. And so is there a link that I can put in the show notes for them when it's ready? So, um, for... It'll be linked on my webpage. Um, it's okay. not there now, but we're working okay. on creating a new tab. That'll be a courses tab that people can click on and, and get the courses at. Awesome. We'll put your, your website link in the show notes so people can, can keep clicking and waiting for that to, to appear. That, awesome. that is amazing. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the show, Todd. Awesome. I mean, honestly, you, you have made a significant difference in my journey and I so appreciate, um, so appreciate you doing what you do, sharing your story, amplifying other stories because it really does impact others. And uh, my story is, I'm sure, just one of many other educators and lives that you've touched and impacted. So thank you thank for you. what you do. Keep doing it. Keep reaching out for those new challenges. And I, your biggest challenge is coming very soon. That's right. Summer. So I can't <laughs> wait to hear your new journeys uh, into to parenthood. I couldn't be happier for you. Thank you. So cool. Well, please share with the listeners how uh, people can connect with you because no doubt they're going to want to make sure that they're following you on all of the socials. So I am literally on every social media platform except TikTok. I don't have one of those, but I do use it to go follow others. But I'm, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever. You can follow me, Tech Ninja Todd, or you can just go to my website, toddnesplony.com, and all the social media links are on the side. Fantastic. And those will all be in the show notes too. So thank you so much, Todd. So appreciate thank your you. time. Thank you. Have a magical day, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I hope you are inspired by this episode and encouraged to find new ways to bring magic into teaching and learning. You can connect with me on Twitter at Tish Rich, Instagram at Tish Richmond, or on my website at tisharichmond.com. Please use the hashtag MLMagical to share thoughts about this episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and tune in next week for another magical episode.